Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is the other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. You know, I'd normally poo-poo the title of the movie we're discussing today, but I get it, man. Totally I get, get it. it. Totally get it. Every week is the longest week now. Well, and it's also, sh- it's hard to describe because every, every week is short and long all at the same time. Yeah, Last every week, day is the worst until the next day is more worst. <laughs> Nick Cudd. Hey, Nick Cudd. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Could have fooled me. Um, <laughs> it's it's May eighteenth. Yes, May eighteenth. <laughs> Had to check real quick. Twenty twenty. If you're new here, every single week we discuss a random movie, obviously from our massive movie collection. We talk about our lives, talk about everything that's going on. It's talk been about a random movie that somehow ended up in our movie collection. It's been about a week and a half since we've actually recorded, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, up front here. Do we? We do. Yeah, I got a. I got a list. I got a whole list. Oh wow! It's the first time we've recorded since Mother's Day. Oh, happy yes. Mother's Day to you. Did you have a good Mother's Day? You better say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was fine. You did. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Good. Yeah. Um, it's okay. On Mother's Day, you got to sleep in. As yeah, Jen and I sleep in. Uh... Loosely, you say that term loosely. You slept till like almost ten o'clock in the morning. We okay. ran out. Turn your phone on silent. What the fuck is this? Are you a fucking newbie? What the hell, man? You knew we were starting to record. My phone's never on. I Thanks know. a lot, Win. <laughs> God damn it. I hope you're feeling better from your appendicitis. No, screw you. Get another <laughs> appendix so it can burst now. Maybe look like a fucking. Rookie son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you have to sleep in as Jill and I rush out of the house to go get breakfast because for you. Because you ruin things. Because uh, you ruin things. The night before Mother's Day. You ruin things. I discovered very late at night after we had sexy time. Uh, oh, my <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you can't just put that on the show like that with no warning. Sure did. Uh, that I saw underneath the bed the present that you were planning for me for... That's fucking mean. I'm going to get there in a second. Uh, the present you were planning for me at some point when it was exactly one of the presents I had for you. It was an expansion to a game we're addicted to the networks. We talked about it last time we recorded. So I felt bad. So we I got my daughter up super, super early. We rushed out of the house... I thought I'd found a replacement gift at Walmart. wasn't the one I wanted, so we got something else. And then we brought breakfast home to you. It was a great, great morning. Then you got your presents. You got AirPods you've been asking and wanting for your iPhone. And then I cooked you an elaborate-ass dinner. I cooked you a ribeye with lobster tails 
with, I attempted homemade cream spinach, was the only thing that I didn't do correctly, but I'm blaming it on the recipe, not my technique. I made you, what else? What else Roasted I garlic. Do? Roasted garlic. And then I made a chocolate cake with chocolate icing from scratch. Ain't no box here. The cake from the ground up. The frosting from the ground up. And it can fuck. That cake was <laughs> the best damn thing I've ever made in my entire life. Second. Food. Yes, correct. And even still, that kid's got her moments. That cake <laughs> might be bad of her. Um, we ate that whole damn cake, and you took a whole other one to work, so it was a two-tier cake. I think you had a pretty good Mother's Day. I think I had a great Mother's Day. Thank so, you so much for spoiling me and making me feel special. And I hope that you lower your standards for Father's nope, Day. Nope, I expect... No way I'm doing that shit. I expect... No, I already have my plan. Great, I can't wait. I'm very excited. No pressure at all. Yeah, I'm going to um, disappoint the fuck out of you. <laughs> so, uh, so that happened. Um, we... Watched some things. Oh, we did. We watched a movie Saturday night before Mother's Day. Um, we were kind of ahead of schedule, um, so let's. I asked what movie we want to watch. We went through our our means. Oh yes, 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 yes. We yes, watched, yes, uh, and you chose Zombieland Double Zombieland Tap. Zombieland Double Tap. I forgot we haven't recorded since we watched that. Exactly. So we watched that. Do, we did the first one on the podcast already, right? We have not. No. Oh no. So we will. Oh, so we'll get there when we do our. When we yeah, we get there. It was fine. Comedy sequels. Our touch I, and go. I th- I think on the scope of comedy sequels, this one was probably better. It had a lot of it moments wasn't a hangover that. Hangover too. Yeah, it had a lot of moments that just didn't stick or were funny, but it had other moments it that were pleasant. It had other ones that were good. And also, the style of the movies are always good, so that. And Abigail Brett, the fat girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Sure, little fat nerdy girl, Little Miss Sunshine. So background. She's grown up. Let me give some quick background to that. Um, Our podfather. I no. The, uh, well, I wrote him this line. I wrote a movie in college that never saw the light what? of day. You wrote a movie in college. Tell me more about that. You wrote a movie in college. We don't have a lot of time. Oh, I think we we can make some time for this. Wrote a movie. What was the name of the movie? It was called Smoke Signals. It was called Smoke Signals. Yes, and then later. What was it, it was, about? It was renamed Quitters. Quitters. Yeah. What was about, it about? It was about two. I hate you so much. It was about two but friends two, who hate you so much. Two best friends. Two best friends. Uh, who uh, smoke heavily and mm. make a, a stupid bet on who can uh, quit smoking essentially first. Who ah. can finish a pack of cigarettes uh, uh, the longest. And just their lives and what happens. Mm. And at one point I wrote... And who played who play the two best friends though? Who did Rich. you write them for? Oh, you and Rich. Rich. And then, uh, that's right. Rich and one of the scene, Rich is on a date and they're just having conversation. Somehow, Abigail Breslin comes up as somebody that could potentially be like a romantic interest. Mind you, she's a child back then, so horrible writing on my part. You go figure, that's why I never saw the light of day. That's why. And the girl, the girl asks Abigail Breslin, and Rich's reaction is, Yeah, you know, short little fat nerdy girl, little Miss Sunshine. And I just wrote it because I knew Rich would deliver it exactly how I wanted it delivered. And he always did it when we did read-throughs, but never saw the light of day. So now, well, Abigail Breslin... Well, we did Breslin, record a couple scenes, didn't we? Like, yeah, like 30 seconds. Now, Abigail Breslin's like 22 years old, jacked up teeth, but, you know, otherwise, a normal human being. Um, but, I mean, did you just not get funding for your movie? Is that why it didn't get made? Or, I mean, could we try to do it now? I also finished watching The Last Dance. I have Dance. the script in my nightstand, actually. Do you need a copy of it? I have the cast. I have my, 
I have my script. It was my script because I was the, like, props person slash crazy drunk girl, right? Didn't I play the crazy drunk girl? Didn't you write that for me? The part in your two-hour movie spectacular that you wrote featuring you and Richard Camalucci? I had to write a part for you. You had to write a part for me? Mm -hmm. because Instead I, of being your love interest. I didn't write a love interest. Yeah, because she was dead. Yeah, well... I said, this was a comedy, right? Uh, <laughs> Give me your hand. I just finished the last dance. No. My body's sore as fuck, all right? I've been working out. Ow! I didn't mean to hit you. I'm so sorry. Get off of me. Yeah, so get off sorry. of me. Let's get through this podcast. I've been working out. My body's sore. Don't fucking that hit me. That so mad. Huh? No one told you to work out, bro. I'm trying to get in better shape oh. for you. So I have a heart me. attack and die making you a fucking cake on your fucking Mother's Day. Man, you don't need to stress it that much. It's just a cake. Oh, let me add, since then I've made another cake for my daughter because she likes vanilla. So two Sundays in a row, I've stood in the kitchen and baked from scratch a chocolate cake and a Funfetti cake. Yeah, and you had to ask me how how, I, how you could tell that your egg whites were stiff peas. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, motherfucker! How, how, many, how many cooking shows have I made you watch I don't pay attention! Me? Well, that's your own fucking fault. Hey. You want to... Create mullets masterpieces and start your own fucking baked goods business. I don't know where this mullet ma you created this mullet masterpiece thing. Man, I look, never it's once something said something to fall back on in case I've never said I case, want to start a bakery company. In case I your barely, financial services industry job does not work out, I barely want to bake these cakes, but I do it out of love for yeah, the two most really important tell. women in my life, and they're delicious and they're great. And you, you want to, you want some of this cake? No, because I'm fasting today. You incredible bitch. I finished The Last Dance. It's an amazing documentary. Oh. I watched it without you, so you didn't drag me down watching it. I've also <laughs> been watching... That's so mean! Because well, you're being mean to me, as you have been incredibly over the past 13 years, but more so recently. I've also begun to watch, uh, in, in the same vein of The Last Dance, The Last Ride is a documentary on the WWE Network, uh, very much like The Undertaker. Uh, very much like Michael Jordan about The Undertaker. Two episodes in. Very, very good. Started watching the Beastie Boys documentary today. It's all right. I'm disappointed by it. It's not what I was expecting, but it's still it's still fine. We also watched a movie with Jillian this past weekend. We did. We are not going to discuss it right now because it is going to be the subject of next week's podcast. So, you know, we've had a meticulous schedule planned. We're going to deviate from that schedule. Next week's episode will be about Scoob. Now, if you know the rules of the podcast, you know that usually if we watch a, a new movie, we don't uh, discuss, we, we don't do the review here on the show. We wait until we physically own the movies. The rule has to be part of the collection. Well, with the crazy times that are going on in the world with uh, COVID-19, and movie theaters not existing. This movie was released directly for uh, streaming, uh, rental, or purchase. We, I, I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan. We'll get into that next week. We wanted to share the experience with Jillian as well. And we did the math on it. And we're like, you know, if we just buy this, it's basically if we go to the movies anyway with popcorn and mm -hmm. tickets and stuff. So we plunked down the money to own it. So we physically, so we own the movie, although we don't physically own a copy of it. Right. So we're getting into some, some muddy waters in terms of our rules of the podcast. If we were to stream a movie off of a streaming service, we would not consider that being a movie we would do for the podcast because that's just part of the rules. If we own the movie, though, we will do it. Now, if it's a first-run movie, 
We're not always going to do it for the podcast, but because it was a special occasion and because I have plenty of notes and thoughts about it, this one time we're going to do this first run of movie that we own on the podcast. Normally, in the example you used, we talked about this off air, let's say we now buy Trolls World Tour, which we will not be doing, uh, we would own it. We would We would watch it as if it was, we went to the movie theater to do it, then it would go into the box for us to do because we still technically own it. But next week, Scoob, special occasion. Uh, the final thing I wanted to discuss before we started today's uh, episode, the longest week, the longest intro ever, was... That's all right. Delay talking about this movie as much as possible. I wanted to discuss something that was brought to my attention by the aforementioned oh podfather, God, Rich Camelucci. I we were doing this. So, randomly, last week, Rich messaged me and said, well, what a morning I woke up to. Uh, two different messages he received on Instagram. One about toys. Listen to this week's episode of Pod Swoggle if you want to hear Rich and I talk about toys. The other one was an Instagram message he received from Patrick Reed Johnson. And Patrick Reed Johnson writes, Your review of Spaced Invaders is amazing. Congratulations. Then, 13 minutes later, this is at 2.11 in the morning, by the way. Chicago time. And for those of you who don't know, Space Invaders was one of the first episodes we had a guest on. Who was yes, Richard this episode was back in 2017, yeah, maybe 2018. Like yeah, and, and Rich was on the episode. Rich was on the episode with us. Uh, we panned I slept through the, movie. the whole whole thing. Mostly, uh, Thirteen minutes later, that great. Thirteen minutes later, this guy sends this message to Rich. Rich, mind you, not to either one of us, not to either one of us individually. On Instagram, which we no. have. We don't have an Instagram page for Married with Movies. Not to Arcade Audio, to yeah. Rich. You want to talk to me? At Jam with your Sam. Hit up my DMs. At your host mullet. Please, Please make sure to use this message to advance your career, which seems to be based on aggressively attacking the work of people who were trying to do the best they could with the materials at hand, which resulted in a little indie film getting picked up by Disney at the behest of a guy who thought it was kind of fun. A guy named Steven Spielberg. Patrick Reed Johnson was the director of Space Invaders. And somehow, apparently, I think Tope pinpointed that it was the 30-year anniversary of this movie coming out. So he might have just been Googling, like, Space Invaders review, Space Invaders podcast, wanting to relive this experience in his life, found our episode, listened to the review, and pinpointed Rich out as being the person that he was going to chastise for the review they gave. gave. Uh, Rich, I do believe, gave it the worst review of the three of us. He gave it a one. Uh, if I looked at the card correctly. One of us gave it a one and a half. One of us gave it a two. He gave it the worst review. So maybe that's why he pinpointed Rich out. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like know. it was a fucking ten. You got something to say? Say it to my fucking also, face. Also, I think I talked about how I loved the movie as a kid. You know, whatever. I don't know. What, uh, so what happened? Somehow in the what past. What happened in Akron, Ohio? Somehow in the past 250 episodes, if you're still listening, it's Patrick Reed Johnson. Uh, thank you for the feedback. We appreciate it. I look forward to uh, buying some of your other films and watching them. Oh, wait. Oh, no, they exist. Oh, what are they? Angus, which was a, a like a teen comedy in the 90s that I actually saw in theaters with my parents. Well, did... Sat between them. Ah, um, of course. It's a really, really Man, bad It, doesn't, it doesn't hold the same. It doesn't hold the I same. I know. Also, he directed Baby's Day Out. Oh, yeah, we got that one, don't we? We do not. But it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, even as a child. Apparently it's huge in India, though. Uh, So that's this guy's uh, life, is finding movie reviews of the bad movies he's made and done it. I wanted to be aggressive with it. Rich said, let's 
you don't know what's going on in this guy's life. Let's take the high road. We did it. Um, I didn't originally, and then Rich told me to, <laughs> and then I changed my mind uh, out of the respect for Rich. Um, so yeah, that's been our past uh, couple weeks, is uh, watching movies, celebrating Mother's Day, and getting directors of movies angry at us. I want to get some more directors angry at us. Oh man, he's, write, he, he's writing the Dragonheart movies. Good for him. I don't know what the fuck that means, but go go ahead. I don't know. Uh, let's see if we can get another director mad at us with today's movie, The Longest Week. Uh, Samantha, it is your turn. If you'll please read the package. Man, you lucky. You lucky you to message me, Patrick Reed Johnson. What Attacking. A, what a thin-skinned bitch. Go ahead. Fuck you. All right. The Longest Week. She had him at... I'm your best friend's girlfriend. Which is in quotes, which I don't think she ever said in the movie. So They weren't even girlfriends. He wasn't even his girlfriend. So there you go. So so that's that's oh, great. Great start. Mm. Oh boy. In this sexy and smart romantic comedy, Jason Bateman, Olivia Wilde, and Billy Crudup find themselves entangled in an exhilarating love triangle. The longest week of Conrad Valmont's Bateman's Aimless and affluent life starts when he's suddenly cut off from his allowance following his wealthy parents' messy divorce. Suddenly broke and evicted, Conrad is forced to move in with his friend Dylan, Crudup. But innocent flirtation leads to fateful infatuation, and Conrad soon finds himself trying to seduce Dylan's gorgeous girlfriend Beatrice, Olivia Wilde, as the sparks fly, both men vie for Beatrice's affection, but which one will win her heart? It doesn't even make any fucking sense, because, like, that... Uh, there's one in there. No, there's not. It's Beatrice. You said Beatrice. Beatrice. <laughs> I love how you don't hear yourself talk. Beatrice. You said Beatrice. <laughs> That's how some people pronounce it. It's Beatrice. not. It's yeah. Beatrice. I don't know any famous Beatrices. Do we say right. Beatrice? Beatrices? Beatrice. 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 <laughs> Beatrice. Her name's Beatrice. One. No, one. it's not. Yes, it no, is. Not. I know you don't want to get beat by like 10, but you're wrong. <laughs> Beatrice. Not Beatrice, as you're saying it. You're saying like there's no A in there. What are you looking for? Or are you just ignoring me? I'm both. Um, you also kind of messed up another one here. Innocent flirtation was a little... No, fateful infatuation is a little muddled. So I, no, I'm just going to drop up the one. Besides, you're not going to catch up to me. Beatrice. Yeah. Beatrice. <laughs> look. Oh, look. Beatrice. Every way is my way. Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. 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 Man, fuck this. <laughs> Beatrice. Uh, if you're wondering why it's a point of contention, we're approaching episode 300 in our Back of the Box reading series. Samantha is woefully behind. And just in case the movie I draw next is like... Woefully behind because you all of a sudden no longer have fucking mush mouth. Yeah, because I felt so bad losing the last time. Cheating! Cheating! You can't, don't wake our daughter up. You cheated. Don't wake our daughter you up. You cheated. You can't lose by cheating. Actually, that's wrong. 
but <laughs> I lost fair and square. I tried to not lose by cheating, and I was honest about it. I still because lost. Because you were guilt-ridden. No, and now I've earned everything in this one. So we're going to have a third one and determine it afterwards. Look, it's 19 minutes in. I know we don't want to talk about this fucking movie, but we got to talk about this fucking, fucking worse, movie. fucking worse, man. I am the fucking worst because I'm the one that bought this movie. Or we inherited it from someone. No, no, I 100% bought this movie. God damn it. I, I think, I, 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 think I narrowed down what happened. I saw it either at like a Big Lots for like a dollar. And I was like, oh, those are three. Those are four people I like. Or. Liked. Um, <laughs> liked. Or I got it for like free at Blockbuster because I had so many movies. Um, this is bad. What a pretentious fucking movie. This is like, the most pretentious. What an awful pretentious movie that is so far up its own ass it doesn't know what it fucking wants to do. This movie is so far up its own ass that it comes out of its mouth. It is so pretentious Ugh. and vapid and unrealistically verbose. And that's coming from me. It boggles my mind. It's really. That... Four normally good actors, like, did this. So this guy, uh, P- Peter Glanz, I thought wrote, you were. I thought that you were about to say that it was... Uh, wrote and directed it, and it, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't look like he's done anything else. It looks like he's just, like, a, maybe a TV director now. Um, it's, it's one of the worst scripts I've ever seen come to life on film in my entire life. It's... It thinks it's so much smarter and philosophical than it actually is. And it's badly trying to be a amalgamation of a Wes Anderson movie yeah, and, and a Woody Allen movie. I was like, what is this Quentin Tarantino mockumentary weird-ass movie? Because it breaks it up into, like, oh. the chapters. Like, prologue, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Epilogue, yeah. Epilogue. Like, no, that, that, that's the only way. Like, and it's why Quentin do we Tarantino. own it? It's definitively trying to be Wes Anderson because it thinks that it's... Uh, Art direction and set design and quirkiness is so clever and fun. And then it's trying to be Woody Allen dissecting, like, the relationships of men and women and how futile they are and the meaning behind them. And then you have this, like, shitty narration. It's just all bad. I mean, we should have known that it was, it took two years for it to come out after it was finished being filmed. Sure, It I was not released it. for two years. That's when you know the movie's bad. Like, tell me one movie that had such a gap between when it was finished and when it was released that was actually decent. Yeah, it's rare. Right? It's rare because that doesn't happen. There's a reason why they hold it. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah, the structure is odd bad. right away. Like you said, the title cards. And then you just come up on him in, like, his psychiatrist's office. And then it's, like, the prologue. Which, the pro- a prologue in a movie is just expositional vomit is all it is. is, is, Here's everything we want to set up for everything we're going. Here's this character. Here's this uh, rich boy, privileged lifestyle, uh, narcissistic playboy um, who's getting thrown out on his ass, which is not a a unique premise at all. And then here is his life for the next week. But the week is going to feel like a fucking month and a half. Man, like this movie, like we were, we watched 20 minutes of it and I thought I was going to die because we had only watched 20 minutes of it. But, but we were on Wednesday and then that Wednesday. Took, took an hour. I think they took like eight baths together and it's supposed to be over the course of seven days. Yeah. Um, but he, 
so I don't know if people on the show know this about me. That I'm like super like feminist, like woman power. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm also a big Swifty, so like the man, like cha- the song The Man, Taylor Swift's Lover album, changed my life. Are you allowed to say you're a feminist and then immediately ruin it by saying you're a Taylor Swift fan? Yeah, th- Taylor Swift is, is a feminist. She wrote The Man. Haven't you ever heard it? It <laughs> isn't. Look, that doesn't immediately qualify somebody. Oh, look, hi. Um, but I'm not like a feminist, like, oh, everything should be equal and fair. Excuse me, Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, do you hate all black people? No, man, I wrote Friday. Like, that's not how that works. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not like, I, I believe in women empowerment and um, that there should be more equality than there is and all that. Right? I talk about it a lot. I, I do a lot with it uh, in my real life. Um, and so this movie, like, hit all of my triggers. <laughs> like, it really grinded my gears. Um, and I quote, this movie said, oh, she was 19 and could be molded into a woman of his liking. I'm like, why am I watching a movie about a couple of pervs who sit at a park watching, watching teenage 60 girls, girls play soccer? Play yeah. soccer. That scene is ick. It was so ick, especially now. And this movie didn't come out, like... In the 90s, this movie came out six years ago. Yeah, 2014. In 2014. Like, it is, it does not age well. It didn't even make sense at the time that it came out, because, I mean, it just, it was just terrible. You're, you don't, you're not a very active movie watcher. You pretty much just sit back and just watch. You don't make a lot of sounds. Like, I'm the one that's normally, like, doing stuff. And in that scene where he, you know, the voiceover is like, he got her drunk, and what you just said you were like, this movie goes against everything I stand for. And I was like, oh, Samantha's awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... Well, yeah, I normally sit back and don't do anything because I'm sleeping. Yeah. I don't want to give myself away. But, man, I thought I was watching an extended episode of Law & Order SVU, waiting for Olivia Benson to pop out, because I thought that Conrad these men Beaumont, were gonna, you're under arrest for the... <laughs> like, they were going to fucking rape all of these girls. It was just, I got such rapey vibes from this movie. It was... So boring and terrible. It's, it's, it, it's like it's boring. The premise of it could it's, have been like the older episodes of Law and Order SVU, but like with the plot lines that they have now, that are boring as fuck. If you're a romantic comedy, and the only thing we keep referencing in the, what your vibe of your movie is is Law and Order Special Victims Unit, you're not doing a good job. Right, right. It was just like you're not doing good at the movie you're trying to make. We were on Thursday of the longest week, quote unquote, and it was less than 45 minutes into the movie, and I was like, this feels like a fucking eternity. It was awful. It was awful. The, mo- the title is way too apropos. And, and I think that it got to the core of what this movie wanted to be about when she's like, oh, I'm in love with you. And I'm like, it's only been two days. Like, how are you in love? I'm in love with the idea of you. Ugh. That's always better, except you can't have sex with an idea. Like, <sighs> bless you. Like... Like, what? Like, I understand. Look, trust me. You and I got together. We fell in love pretty quickly, right? Sure. And so I it get happens. it. it I get it. Yeah. It happened. I mean, I'm great, too, so. I'm sorry. Didn't, do you? That was all you were going to say about yourself? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was already anticipating you just keep going on, ignoring me, so. Are you sure you're done? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I get it, right? It happens, but, like, 
Like, they they sucked at portraying it, man. Yeah. Like it was just terrible. The, the acting in this didn't help. And it's hard to differentiate where the performances, like, suffer and the writing is to blame. But I, I didn't mind Billy Crudup. At first, he was the only one I actually and liked. And I don't at a like point. Billy Crudup. And you don't like Billy Crudup either. I hate Billy Crudup, but Crudup. I liked him in this. He was the only thing I could really tolerate in this. Is he the MVP of the movie? I think he might be in that. I, I had Jenny. I had Jenny Slate. Uh, oh, Jenny Slate. After was the good. Fir, after the I first like scene, Slate. I like Jenny. Well, let's come back. To that. We'll come back to that. But and then her, she's her only Billy, in two scenes. Yeah, but her and Billy Crudup started making out, and then I was like, uh, so I don't know, man. Why? I don't like Billy Crudup's face. <laughs> so you are vapid. <laughs> You don't like Billy Crudup's face. I don't even make out. He could be a he's a beautiful man on the inside. I'm sure he is. I don't know. I think he I think he might be. Um Yeah, it's was there anything that you liked about the movie at all? Yeah, I mean I just said, um I liked how when he hit his head he only spoke in German. I liked that. Uh, That was a great gag. (laughs) Emphasis. There's not Another comedy we watched where I didn't laugh once. What is happening? Like, I kept saying that in this movie. I'm not trying to be a comedy snob. I'm not. (laughs) But. Not the first time you've been called that in your life. It is not. It's just not a funny movie. It is, it is trying to be incredibly intellectual while having the worst things to say about life's and relationship. So just let me just summarize real quick like how everything goes down in this movie. So B- Billy Crudup's character has like just met Olivia Wilde's character whose name's I I know Billy Crudup's Dylan. What was it? Beatrice. That's right. Uh, and Jason Bateman's character Conrad Valmont, what a pretentious fucking rich kid ass name. I will give that credit. Uh, they have immediate attraction to each other when they just glance at each other on the subway. And he rips off a uh, she rips off a page of sense and sensibility with her number which, on it. Which, first of all, how dare you? How dare you rip a page in a book? And apparently, this kind of has done this to Dylan before or something. So there's a really funny bit where he's like, "Don't try anything," and he says it like in six different, six different locations. And then, of course, he does. They go and have drinks together, and then they sleep together. The only reason Jason Bateman signed on to this movie just so he could make out with Olivia Wilde. I'm convinced that's the only reason he did it. Isn't she married to? Uh, she's been with a few people. I she's I thought married she's to Jason Fa- Fastbender, isn't she? Uh, no, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, uh, oh yeah, uh, he's with Alicia. V- v- Alicia Vikander, yeah. Who I always confuse the Olivia two. Olivia Wilde is. I always confuse with, the two of them. Is with Jason Sudeikis, I believe, or was at some point. That's. And then Olivia Munn, who I always get confused with Olivia Wilde, was with Aaron Rodgers at a certain point. But then he's with Danica Patrick, third base, um, which is a long story. I won't get into. But they have this like oh, yeah. courtship. They have two kids together. Sudeikis and, oh, and Jason Sudeikis. Um, but again, he's been thrown out by his parents, who like haven't been home in thirty years. Is that what I understood? I, but I then think they, he was raised by the butler. Or the he's raised by the, the butler chauffeur. who brought him to a brothel when he was thirteen. It uh, was just he really... gets thrown out on his ass. He doesn't have anything. He has to steal money. He has to like. Asked the butler to borrow the car. It seemed like he has wealth. Um, then they're randomly playing the piano. Then they're still having these conversations, like you said, about love and the idea of love and all this horse shit. And then they're trying to act like they're not together in front of Dylan. And then the scene where, like, he asks, like, 
you just tell me if you are. And he's like, no, I'm not. Oh, no, he's going to come over to tell him. And it's like a big deal. And he goes, oh, nothing. I don't have anything to say. And then they go upstairs, like on the roof, to smoke. And then he's like, all right, are you with her? And he's like, yeah. And then he gets mad about it. It's like, what? This movie just gets worse. And I wrote, this movie gets worse and worse. And it was a typo. And then I was like, well, I didn't intend no, it's it. appropriate. But it was appropriate. appropriate. And then uh, he's out of cigarettes. He has no money to buy cigarettes, even though he just stole like $1,500, I feel like. And they have to break into like the estate that he used to live in. And he tries to steal uh, diamonds and cigarettes and whatnot. And the people that work there cover for him enough. Then they break up because he's been lying to her the whole time. She just can't take it. They have a really, really bad breakup argument. And then, as you mentioned, uh, he gets in a uh, he gets hit by a truck, which is kind of foretold or foreshadowed by these really bad scenes with a psychiatrist. Terrible. Just offer nothing. Ugh, I hated that. And it it's just a way of having more exposition without moving the plot along. Like, but it's the also, MacGuffin of the movie. And I, and I compare it to when we watched The Wackness, right? So The Wackness had, had similar, right? It had just, like, the talking heads of, like, him sitting in the room with the psychiatrist, right? Them talking about stuff, moving the plot along, but stuff happened between them that made it an interesting dynamic, right? Yeah. This was no. complete opposite. No. Just bullshit. This, the, the psychiatrist is, like, starts to not convince him on purpose, but, like, talks about brain tumors and being unhealthy and not, you know, having the idea of love being physical, but not having the idea of sex being emotional, like, whatever, fucking... Oh, yeah. No, he's like, he said, um, oh, my God, I didn't even write it down, but it's like, the, I find that all of the women that I'm sexually attracted to are not nice people, and all the ones who are nice people I'm not attracted to or something like that. Cool, bro. So let me ask you, what do you think I am? You think I'm a nice person? You're very nice. I'm a bitch. I don't know who, what you're trying to say. No, no. I already said earlier you're being very married to me, so I was just no, lying No, but I you. mean in general, I don't think I'm a... I don't have a very good disposition, usually. Well, it's your choice. Well, no. I mean, it's like inherent sometimes. I don't either. Well, no. You're I've grumpy. Much I, I actually am very sunny. I like to be positive. You're too sunny sometimes. Though. I like to be positive. You're sunny everything. sometimes to the point where it's... It, you. I If you didn't know you, you could construe it as being... Like fake. Disingenuous, yeah. Right, right, But I'm not. I actually yeah, genuinely am, like, yeah. super nice. If I am being, like, grump and a bitch and stuff, it's probably you. So if I ever am like that, so, God. you know, uh, consider that if you ever meet me in person. Anyway, um, Jason Bateman gets struck by a truck. <laughs> uh, he starts speaking in German tongues, which is something the psychiatrist mentioned in some study he saw earlier. Uh, he checks out of the hospital, um, and then... He has this, like, epiphany, I guess, and rents an apartment after selling his car for him and Beatrice to live in. Mm -hmm. She seems, like, taken by it. They ride on the subway. Then, my least favorite part of the movie, this movie has the fucking nerve for these two characters to sit and watch a couple on the subway talk and have a discussion about how pretentious those people are and what pretentious people are like. And I'm like... Are you trying to be fucking meta right now? Like, you're this deep into your yeah. script in your yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 That you think, like, you recognize it? So if you talk about it, you're not? No. That makes you more fucking pretentious. And then they get off, like, they're talking, and it's like, oh, they're going to get together. And the, the voiceover, the narration's like, and it's at that moment they knew that they couldn't be together. And it's like, 
what? And they get off the subway, they hug, they go their separate ways, and then we have to suffer through an epilogue, which might have been the longest chapter in the whole goddamn movie, where, um, you know, they loved each other, but it's over. Why? And then the epilogue gets so trashy. It's been a bad week. But he kept the place, but then his parents are back. But he was broke, the, so how did he buy that? Well, no, he bought. He sold, he sold the car. He sold the car. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, but he says, "Oh, it's been a bad week." But it shows like this passage of time of him living in this apartment that he rented. Like, there's the like the actual minutia of a day or a week or a month or whatever going by makes no sense mm-hmm. because then he's reading this book because he's going to be the next great American novelist. Uh, no, he wrote the book. He wrote the book. Right, and then he was saying at the end, he read the end passage and like that. Right. Well, I was like, throughout the movie, he's been like trying to record his thoughts, you know, because that's a great trope in the mid-aughts <sighs> to do and have, is record yourself on a cassette player. No, it's a dictaphone. A dictaphone, whatever, yeah. I'll put my Did di- you watch, didn't you watch Mad Men? This, you know what would be better? Is if I slapped my dick on a phone and... I wrote a book based off of that. Wait, but did, didn't you write a screenplay, though? <sighs> then the reviewers... <laughs> the reviewers <laughs> that are trying to ask him questions, that's also kind of meta, because it seems like they're asking questions that are related to, like, the movie and the writer and the director itself. The feedback is a, a bad, veiled allegory for the whole fucking movie. And then... Beatrice and Dylan, Billy Crumb's character, they end up getting together together at the end because they they did have an attraction. Even though the movie makes it very clear earlier on in the movie that, that there was, was not nothing mm-hmm. and they have no chemistry and whatnot. You know what? I get it now. Bad. It's I get all it now. bad. I get it now. It's bad. I get it now. Time is relative. And this is a true detective. An attraction. I don't get the reference. An attraction can change based on what you need in your life at that time. This is actually a conversation that I had with um, with people at work. Mm. Because we talk about this, you know, what's more important, like attraction or like personality and all that kind of stuff. And um, Well, they just haven't been lucky enough to find the perfect combination right here. Yeah. Remember, we met when we were 20. Mm-hmm. We all make bad decisions. And, um, hmm, where's that quote? Was there anything you particularly liked the least or anything you particularly did like besides whatever bullshit you just said a minute ago? Hmm? About the German thing? Because I, I don't. I don't have anything that I liked. No, I don't. Like, it, it, it just... Even the play within the movie they go to see was bad. Oh, yeah. It was in another language. Well, that, that part didn't matter because, like... Well, no, because then it wasn't. Like, there were subtitles, and then they started performing it in English. Like, it was so weird. It's... It's a misguided, miscasted, poorly written, up-its-own-ass movie that... What's most important to you... That you're attracted to someone, or that they're that you like them as a human being, like them as a human being. Mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't say I like them as a human. Yeah, being. no, like that's what the say, quote was. I find oh, that most oh. women I <laughs> like as human beings. You this question. <laughs> no, I find that most women I like as human beings I'm not attracted to, and the women I am attracted to I don't particularly like as human beings. So, I've definitely felt that one. Um, the second one, <laughs> there's definitely been people in my life that I've been attracted to, um, or the- even been with that I didn't like as people or oh, found that I really? had no chemistry oh, with whatsoever. Like who? Not gonna get into it. Why not? You, could you just? Why are you gonna insist on doing this? Why are you going to even attempt to answer my question when you know what it's gonna do? Well, because that's it's ultimately, I understand what that quote is trying to say. What is it trying I've to say? I've had it before. Oh, have you? But what I'm saying is that that is not what we have. In that I am. I didn't ask you what the to, fuck we have. Well, then stop trying to fucking trap me. Can't trap you if you got nothing to be trapped on. No, you're just trying to make me fucking talk and get lumped into some bullshit trap. You can be like, oh, so what about this, huh? I don't know why I made you sound like some old gremlin. (laughs) But that's what you are. Um, (laughs) Where Um, my preference would always be the emotional connection, not the physical attraction or the appearance of somebody. Ah. But I was so they have to be a, a good human being? Again, not a good human being. Somebody who I have... I could see myself... You like them as a human being? Uh-huh. I could see myself being happy if somebody... If the personalities match. You'd be a bad human being and our personalities get along. I know I know a few people, not like emotionally or not like romantically, but I have a few friends who are not good people. No, I'm aware. <laughs> I know. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, my personality and that personality, like, it's not at a level see, where, you know, but even they're that, reading Mein Kampf, but... But, like, even that's, like, kind of, like, a double standard, right? Because, like, ask me that same question, right? Ask me that same question, and my answer's gonna be something that, like, a lot of, I guess, women fall into, like... No, yeah. Yeah, like, all the guys that I'm attracted to are assholes. Like, that's, like, a common thing, right? That's the also bad a trope, boy, though. That's a trope, asshole though. Thing. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, but it's true. A lot of women... I don't know why you women have... I don't know why you women... But it's like, okay, right? I don't know why you women can do that. It's your dumbass faults. Case in point. If you had bigger brains, then you know. (laughs) Case in point. Thank you so much. But But my point of that was that it's like, okay for like women to like the people who aren't necessarily good human beings, right, but are attractive, but it's not okay for men to like the same thing, right? So it's kind of like a double standard. I'm trying to turn it around, but then you have to make it weird and be rude about it. That's what I do. So now you have to tell me who exactly you were talking about when you said that you were really attracted to some people who were not good people. MVP and LVP. No, no. You're not getting out of this. I'm getting out of this. We're moving on. You know who. Um, what? Don't give me the eyebrow. You're not the fucking rock. Don't give me both eyebrows. You're not Zoe Deschanel. Um, <laughs> she's not Axel Jim Duggan with both eyes. What are you doing? Um, so we already kind of just started discussing MVP. I had Jenny Slate written down because her first scene in the movie, uh, I was like, okay, Jenny Slate's here. Mind you, she's top build for some reason. She's in two scenes in the movie. She's not even on the cover. No, that's two pictures of Olivia Wilde. 
Um, so she's in the first. She's uh, Beatrice's roommate or just friend? Friend. Beatrice doesn't sure. have a roommate. Right, because Beatrice is a model, free until, spirit. Until okay. what's-his-name moves in with her. Whatever, because he has to. Um, and then, like, she's doing her thing. I'm like, okay. Again, nothing makes me laugh, but she doesn't sound super convoluted when she's, re- like, reciting these just incredibly right. stupid lines of dialogue. And then she's brought in when the four... when. Uh, Beatrice and Dylan are going to go to the play and Conrad's going to tag along. He's brought, she's brought in as like the date, like the decoy, whatever. Right. And then she ends up hitting it off with Dylan when Beatrice and Conrad leave. Um, and that's it. Like that's the only scenes that she's in. <laughs> like she doesn't come back at the end. Like there's no explanation of anything. Also, here's, here's another thing. So, uh, Jenny Slate's character, whose name I'm not remembering right now. Oh, no, I do. I should remember this because the the ha-ha funny joke was she had the same name, Jocelyn. She had the same name as Dylan's previous girlfriend, who he then ends up going back and having a date on in the same week, mind you. Same week. After um, Conrad and Beatrice have, like, basically said that they're dating and whatnot. On, like, Friday, whatever horseshit it is, there's a Volvo yeah, out in the front of the, that, think, the apartment think, as, like, a message right. to him. Um, but, like, they seem to have a chemistry. Like, they dance, they make out, and she even makes a point when she calls Beatrice about what happened. Like, they don't sleep together. They just talk, and they have fun, and then nothing happens with it. So something that seems genuine and seems nice just gets dropped and is not actually real in the end. Uh, uh, but that's, like, like, it tells you about metaphors. Metaphor for, for like, relationships. Like, you might think it's real, but it's not. Cool. <laughs> so, she'd be one, and then I, I didn't mind Billy Crudup. As the movie, like, his first couple scenes, I was like, okay, he's Billy okay, Crudup, he's yeah, fine. Yeah, he can play a perv just fine. And then, he wasn't a perv. Yeah, they were watching 16-year-olds play soccer. That was more so Conrad. Again, Dylan says, like, I'm not comfortable do- sitting here, and Conrad's the one that's like, oh, well, you know... Whatever. Why not? And he wants to throw the ball back. Oh, can I go play? Like, ugh. Um, but as the movie went on, I, I don't know if he just got slogged down with the shit. Again, he had to say. I can't overstate. I, I, I haven't done this before. I'm going to go to IMDb, and I doubt that there's going to be many, but I'm going to see if there are any quotes on I need to be from this movie. So I can just, I just read them. I just gave you a couple. I know, but I, I want to give more. But I mean, it's only an hour and 26 minute movie. It's insane. There's, I got some quotes. There's not much trivia at all. No, there was four things of trivia, and one of them was that Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde starred in the change-up together. Quotes. Okay, here we go. So that's great. That's a great fact it about wasn't, this movie. It wasn't until years later that Conrad would realize love was just like communism. It was a great idea, but never quite worked out. God. You can always tell what someone thinks of you by who they set you up with. Oh, yeah, that was like a running gag. That's not, uh, not as bad as other ones. Um, is it wrong to be aroused by a bunch of 17-year-old girls running around in knee-high socks and polyester shorts? Well, I guess that's a decision every man has to make for himself, but yes, obviously yes. I'm trying to find more of the verbose, stupid ones. Oh, yeah, I think I, I think there's something wrong with me for some reason. Oh, that's the one I talked about before. Man, um, there's this big ass fucking narrator spiel, just talking about. I'm just gonna read this whole thing. Conrad was the son of a Parisian entrepreneur and a Caledonian debutante. 
His father, John Louis Velmont, owned the Velmont Hotel, as had his father and his father before him. Their country home in Great Neck was the pantheon of summer gatherings. On the eve of his 51st year, John Louis took Conrad's mother to the south of French on what was to be a weekend excursion. It had since turned into a lavish escapade around the world lasting nearly three decades. Over the subsequent years, Conrad was weighed by the Valmont staff. His chauffeur, Bernard, had taken Conrad to a Parisian brothel for his 13th birthday as a sort of rite of passage into polite society. It was a family tradition. At present, he was working on his magnum opus, a great New York novel in the tradition of Fitzgerald and Edith Wharton. It was widely speculated as to where he was in the process of writing it. When asked, he would simply reply, I'm in the gathering stages. Oh God, and there's so much more! Conrad had been in the gathering stages for several years now. Last week Thursday, Conrad's parents had capsized and had become stranded on a small island in the Mediterranean. Having to spend numerous days together without the distractions of wealth and a transient lifestyle, they had come to the simple realization that they didn't particularly like one another. Conrad's parents were to divorce by the week's end, and neither wanted to continue paying for Conrad's extravagant lifestyle. Hence, the Valmont Board of Trustees had requested hotel security to escort Conrad from the premises by 2 p.m. So there's everything you need to know about the movie, except the parents actually don't end up divorcing later on. Uh, I have to read the Dylan one as well. Dylan was an antisocial socialist, a closet conversationalist, a clinical neurotic. All that can eat my asshole right there. Mm-hmm. Possessing an... in in. I'm glad you're not getting judged on reading. Inimitable. That's all, folks. Possessing an inimitable talent for the arts, Dylan had been afforded the opportunity to travel the world and live a comfortable lifestyle at his own expense, something Conrad knew nothing about. Dylan Tate was the only personage of all Conrad's acquaintances whom he admired, and to a bigger extent that he liked to admit to himself, envied. God. Like, do people get it now? Do you hear what we had to deal through? It is ridiculous, this fucking movie. And it has the wrong quotes on here, too, on this IMDb page. Because it says that this conversation is between Conrad and his therapist, but it wasn't. It was between Conrad and uh, Beatrice. I never understood why someone would want to be a vegetarian. I mean, do you really love animals that much? No, 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 I just hate plants. You eat fish, though, right? Why? All the vegetarians eat fish. Well, I'm a Pisces. What's that got to do with it? I don't eat my own kind. Crudup or slate? What are we doing? You call it. I mean, I don't like Billy Crudup, so we could give it to, to Jenny I'm Slate. Gonna, That's fine. Let's give it to Jenny Slate just because she s- keeps her nose out of it for the most part, huh? LVP. I have mine. Who's yours? I just thought Olivia Wilde was boring and not... She was not charismatic. I didn't buy into her. And she was also supposed to be this, like, sad model. I just thought she looked sad the whole time. But then I normally enjoyed Jason Bateman, and I did not enjoy Jason Bateman in this. Mine is Jason Bateman. But I don't know if that's the writing or I, what. So I think, he's, still I think he's woefully miscast. Like, that's not, a, that's not a Jason Bateman character. Not I knew that all. five minutes not in. Not at all. My second note was, I'm already not sure Bateman is the right person for this character. But then he, it just keeps going and, like, so as I'm watching it, the most recent Jason Bateman thing I've been watching is Ozark, and he does an amazing job as Marty Bird, kind of being this person that can talk his way into and out of anything. So, like, it's something that he should be able to bring to the table here, but he just doesn't. Him being this, like, privileged, sniveling child is just not in his wheelhouse. Um, so that was mine. Olivia Wilde was just white 
paint drying on a wall the whole time. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, again, at what point is it the actor and what point is it the script? I, yeah. I don't know. So I'm, I'm fine going either way. I wrote down Bateman, so it's okay. up to you. That's fine. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's Jason Bateman's second LVP. What? Yes. Uh, allow me to consult my 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 book While here. While you do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna read another quote uh, from the movie here. Conrad had often professed that he had led a quote life of the mind end quote. Oh my God! Unfortunately for him, his mind had been damaged by years of abandonment, philandering, Tom Collins, and a two pack per day nicotine habit. Not to mention an unhealthy Oedipal complex. Because they just had to throw in there that he was also, like, obsessed with his mother. Then when she comes back, she, like, snuggles him into his Mm -hmm. breast, and he's a 42-year-old man. I'm so sorry, but if you ever snuggle into your mom's breast in the next 10 years, that's weird. We're good. Yeah, Jason Bateman was an LVP, I believe, was for Up in the Air, if I'm not mistaken. So again, another kind of miss. That 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 miss that makes sense casted. because that doesn't sound like it's something. Jason Bateman will get his due in things that he is good in. But yeah, for right we, now we own a lot of. For right of now, them that, he is on the. I've enjoyed him in. He's on the rare two-time LVP list, uh, which is here. Oh, I just redid this book, so I gotta find where my two-time list is. Where is my list? There we go. Uh, two, four, six. 8, 10, 12. He's the 14th uh, multi-time LVP is Jason Bateman. Not an MVP yet, uh, so we'll get there someday. What else on the longest week? Man, this is the longest podcast. Well, 20 minutes of it, we're talking about everything else that was in this movie. Man, we went. We got through time. a lot. Again, this movie is an hour and 26 minutes, and it felt every second of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot... I will recommend a bad movie like Cats or Chopping Mall all day long. Yeah, like I recommend Chopping Mall to my parents and they loved it. And now we have a couple more that they want us to watch. Like Microwave uh, Massacre. This, We're I, gonna watch I that. wouldn't wish, the, wish this movie on my worst enemy. I wouldn't, yeah. Because it's, it's the worst type of movie that thinks it's accomplishing something and it has nothing good to say. I didn't thinks like it, it. Thinks it has a lot to say. Has nothing good yeah. to say. Yeah, and, it and everything just, it says is just ripping off of somebody else. And, it, and, and they did it a lot better. And it makes just like these like unlikable characters with fatal flaws that are more than flaws. Like they're just no redeeming qualities. Just like a petulant child and a vapid model, and it's just. It's just not fun to watch. Pretentious when. artist and yeah, you know. it's just not. Fun yeah, it's not a fun watch. Oh, uh, you score it first. Ugh, do I have to? Yeah, because you drew it. Ugh, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's pretty bad. I'm gonna give this movie a one and a half. So am I giving it one and yeah. a half as well? Yeah. Because I mean, there was some, some, some. No, things. there wasn't. But like Jenny Slate. And uh, that's it. This movie doesn't deserve a one. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, but why do we this, give it a one and a half this, then? This movie isn't going to be ever mentioned by me in like, oh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I but think, I'm going to forget about it. Easily. Exactly. Like this is gone. Like ask me the most pretentious movie I've ever seen. I'll say this. Sure, exactly. Because and and I think the quotes that we said and a lot of things that we said, I mean, it's like when Dawson's Creek first came out, mm-hmm. right? Dawson's it's been a while. 
Just threw the movie across the... the, the cool. Room. When Dawson's Creek first came out, it got some backlash saying that the the language used and, like, the verbal idiosyncrasies of these characters weren't things that actual high school kids used or how they spoke. And it's parodied a lot throughout the years since Dawson's Creek came out because kids don't talk like that, right? Sure. Cool. This movie tried to do the same thing, but for adults. adults. Like... Really, it did. I do. I would write. I I like would write a like novel about this. So if I'm in like an intelligent discussion with like Tony Cole, that's the only time I would use some of these words. And so, like that, right? Honestly, that that is. I I can use the words, but it doesn't make sense in normal everyday conversation or when right. you're describing somebody, unless it's like very pointed and. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, you nailed it on the top of the fucking head. Uh, so yeah, so the movie has been uh, thrown across the room. Uh, back in the day when we had a movie that was rated a two or worse, we destroyed them. Um, but we stopped doing that just because we couldn't destroy them pro- uh, appropriately. Um, so and because some of them we wanted other people to suffer with us. Right, like I ain't destroying cats with a fanatic. You know what I mean? God damn. Uh, we, so can destroy, week, we can destroy one of those. Longest week in the books... Um, oh, that's another thing we started watching. I haven't finished yet. Uh, there was a, a Broadway production recording of Cats that, of course, Rich was nice enough to send to me. We started watching Thanks Sunday. Thanks a lot! We got like 20, 30 minutes in before we had to like start our day or some shit. But it was no, incredibly day. enthralling. We had to put Jilly in a bed. No, this was like first thing in the morning. No, it wasn't. Well, was know. it? Oh, yeah, yeah it was, right before yeah. we talked to your mom. Um, <laughs> no, this was after I talked to my mom. Um... Mm. So I get to reach into the box. We got Doctor Sleep coming up. We got Scoob next week, already basically in the can. Um, Aladdin. What do you want? Man, a good movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, it is. That doesn't sound promising. No, it, it is. It's just it's going to be a, a departure. It's going to be different for us because for the second time on the podcast, we have drawn a thirty for thirty. So we were talking about the Last Dance. It is going to be its own episode the last time we did this we did two uh baseball documentaries that were shorter in length together so this one is a full length 30 for 30 i believe it's uh, 80 90 100 minutes it is one of the most critically acclaimed 30 for 30s i've ever done the two escobars i believe it is about drug running and soccer ah Uh, (laughs) two of your favorite things (laughs) two of my favorite things you know the first professional sports thing i ever went to was a soccer game i believe it with uh, with Carly Coffee, fan of the show, yep. and uh, Camp, Camp No My You know what Camp No My Beat stood for? Fuck no. North Miami Beach. They were real, real creative. <laughs> Get tell. Uh, so yeah, so that is the. Oh yeah, yeah. It's about Pablo, Pablo Escobar, Escobar. Who, of the of the Medellin cartel, mm-hmm. and Andres Escobar, the biggest soccer star in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Ah. That would be two Escobars. Yeah. Um, I believe 30 for 30. So we talked about it last dance. Not an official. So 30 for 30 isn't like an actual thing. And we'll talk about it when we do the podcast anymore. Um, But 30 for 30 started at the 30th year anniversary of ESPN. It was supposed to be 30 documentaries by 30 filmmakers about topics that weren't commonly discussed in documentaries. And then it did so well that they did another 30. 
and then they did another 30. But now it's kind of like just like the brand. Like they're not going to keep doing like 30 because like the last 30 took like seven years to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like OJ Made in America was technically a 30 for 30. Last Dance was originally supposed to be a 30 for 30. Um, and now that I'm looking like the INDB page, or not the INDB page, the, um, the Wikipedia. So volume three like notates OJ Made in America in it, but it wasn't like actually one. And now volume four has is basically begun. The Dennis Robin one was like the first one. Uh, the Last Dance is technically like part of it as well. Mm. Um, there's a UFC one, uh, the Michael Vick one, which I have. It's a two-parter I haven't watched. And then there's going to be three that have been advertising very heavily during The Last Dance. A Lance Armstrong two-parter, a Bruce Lee one, and a Mark Burr, Sammy Sosa one. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so it'll be a good little change of pace documentary before we get to episode My 300. My favorite things. Well, I've actually never seen this one before because I'm not a soccer fan, but this one is very highly regarded as an amazing one, so I look forward to watching it. Okay. Uh, but we'll get there in four weeks. Yeah, four weeks' time when we'll be there. Oh, gosh. Um, well, because next week is Scoob, then you got Dr. Sleep, then you got Aladdin, then you got the two Escobars. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Or hit us up um, on Rich Camelucci's Instagram if you don't like the show. <laughs> uh, if you seriously want to give us feedback, and we welcome negative feedback, please. If you don't like the show and you're still listening, let me know what, how we can make it better. I want to make it better. Give me constructive criticism, not I directed a movie once that was bad and I don't like your opinion about it. If you don't like our opinion about it, if you saw, have you seen The Longest Week and you thought it was great, tell me why. I'd love the Discord. I'd love the conversation. Yeah. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com, at MarriedWMovies on Twitter, Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies. Let us know. Yeah. At your host, Mullet, on Twitter. At, at Jam, Jam With Your Sam. Sam on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Please. Bring it on, you fucking pussy. You know I'm talking to you. For a mullet. He's just been hate watching, listening this hate whole listening time. The whole time. Fucking throwing darts at our fucking Married with Movies uh, logo. Baby's Day Out and Angus are in my Amazon cart, by the way. <laughs> but they're just way too expensive. I'm not going to spend $20 on Baby's Day Out. I have fucking morals and standards. I don't. But in this case, I will. Because I know he's going to get some bullshit check for like 40 cents because of it. I'm not putting a fucking dollar in that guy's fucking pocket. Yeah, you already do when you bought Space Invaders. For a mullet. It was mullet. Signing out for Mar- this week's episode of Married in the Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I kind of sounded like one of the space debaters there. No, the, the, no, that's right. There was a cool Jack Nicholson impersonator oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. one. God, the MVP of that movie was the the child actor who was a duck the whole time. That's how you know your movie blows. Quack quack, motherfucker. <laughs> now I want a direct to DVD gangster movie, but with the cast of the Mighty Ducks. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.